The next couple of days were a blur to Michael. The ladies, including Patricia, Megan, Hazel, and Mary, all helped to prepare for the wake. Patricia helped prepare Katie's body, washing it, brushing her hair, and putting on her burial clothes. Everyone who saw Katie swore she looked like she was just sleeping. People started to gather and bring food with him. Hans brought over some meat from the butcher shop, and Brian brought over some fruits and vegetables. Patricia, Hazel, Megan, and Mary took the food and started to prepare it. Do you think we have enough to feed everyone? What? Michael said. I said, do you think we have enough food to feed everyone? Yes, Aunt Patricia, I think we do, replied Danny. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Patricia said, realizing Michael was still in his own world. Danny had taken over the job of greeting people and thanking them when they left. Everyone ate and laughed as they told stories about Katie. Soon Brian brought out his fiddle and started to play, and then the singing started. Everyone joined in, even Hans, who took the teasing about his thick German accent with good humor. Everyone joined in, that is, but Michael, who just sat in the chair next to Katie and barely said anything. He kept on thinking, Katie, love, I promised you a better life, and now all I can afford for you is a pauper's grave, as he hung his head in shame. Father, there's a man at the door, and he insists on telling to you. Tell him to go away. It's a policeman. And he told me to tell you his name was Gillespie. Michael got up gradually and went to the door. What do you want? I'm trying to bury my wife in peace. I'm truly sorry for your loss, Michael. Councilman Davis has directed me to give you this money. He hopes it's enough to pay for a proper funeral. Michael opened the envelope, which was filled with money. I can't take this. I haven't earned it. Councilman Davis insists. He says it's for services rendered and to be rendered. Michael stared at the floor. He knew he didn't have much of a choice if he wanted to bury Katie in a proper grave. He would have to accept it. He did wonder what part of his soul the councilman would want in return for the payment. Tell the councilman thank you, and I will pay him back someday. I will tell him, Gillespie said as he left. Michael went over to Father Ryan and showed him the money. Father, would this be enough to pay for a pro proper funeral? Yes, my son, more than enough for a funeral, and a headstone too, as his eyes got wider. Her burial mass was the next day, and everyone said it was the grandest they had seen in a long time. Michael did hear some grumbling about where did a dock worker get the money to pay for such a fine funeral. But he didn't care. He had promised Katie everything. At least he could do was give her a proper funeral. Slowly things started to go back to normal, whatever that was. Michael continued to work on the dock. He was also working for Councilman Davis and Mr. Cole on the side.
Somehow he had managed to keep those jobs separate, even when the relationship between Councilman Davis and Mr. Cole had gone sour. But he knew there was no way that could last. Patrick con continued to go to public school, and Danny was still learning Latin from Father Ryan. Mary had taken over the needlework that her mother had done. She also started to do the cooking and cleaning. Aunt Patricia helped her with the housework. However, she also worked as a tenement nurse in midwife, so she was quite busy herself. Michael knew inside that this wasn't fair to Mary, and it couldn't last. But he also didn't have the energy to care about it now. He didn't talk about Katie much, and when someone brought her up, he would just nod her head. It wasn't that he didn't care, it was that he cared too much. Every time someone mentioned her name, or he thought about her, he wanted to collapse into a pool of tears. It was just easier to avoid the subject altogether. The hardest thing he had to do was to write a letter to Michael Jr. telling him about his mother's death. He started and stopped many times, balls of crumpled paper falling to his feet. How are you doing, Michael? He looked up to see Patricia, who had been helping Mary with her cooking, standing there. I'm okay, I guess. I'm trying to tell Michael Jr. about his mother's death, but I can't seem to get the words right. Just tell him. I know from experience nothing you can say will make him feel better. Yes, I suppose you're right, but it's so hard. I know. Would you like me to help you with it? You can tell me what to say and I will write it down for you. He looked at Patricia as if he was seeing her for the first time. As Sean's wife, she tended to disappear into the furniture. She also had looked older than she was. Michael had always assumed she was around Sean's age and was shocked to find she was only a year older than Katie. Unlike other women, Patricia had bloomed since Sean's death. She looked younger and more vibrant than she ever had before. After the war, she had continued to work as a nurse and midwife in the tenements. It was hard and exhausting work but she said it felt good. Okay, that might work, Michael said as he got up and Patricia sat down in the chair and wrote the letter as Michael talked. Dear son, I'm not sure how to tell you this. I've tried many times, but nothing seems to come out right. Your Aunt Patricia tells me I just need to say it. Still, it's so hard. Your mother passed away last Tuesday on the 26th of May. I want to let you know how much she loved you. She was very proud of the man you, you had become. Please remember when she held you, and for that moment, everything was right in the world. Most of all, remember her with laughter and not tears. Your loving father. Do you think that sounds good? Yes, Michael, I think that sounds fine. Thank you for helping me. I love doing it. Patricia stood there for a moment as if she wanted to say something. 
You look like you want to say something. Yes, I was thinking about Mary and how smart she is. Yes, she is, said Michael proudly. Well, I was thinking she would make a good nurse after the right training. Michael looked at his daughter, who was in the kitchen making supper. Do you really think she would make a good nurse? Yes, I do very much so. Michael thought for a moment and then got up and took out the emblem that had the money in it that was left over after he had paid for the funeral. Do you think this would be enough to help pay for it? Patricia looked at the money in the envelope. I don't know, but I do know it would be enough to get started. I could talk to Sister Frances to see if she might help. Of course, we'll, we will need to speak to Mary first to see if that's what she wants. Talk to me about what? Mary asked as she came into the room. Your Aunt Patricia thinks you might be interested in becoming a nurse. Is that right? Yes, Father. I would like to very much, Mary said, hopefully. She paused, but I know that's not possible. We all agree that Danny is the one who needs to be educated. Someday I will find a husband who will support me. Michael looked at her. She was growing into a beautiful young lady. Her green eyes sparkled and her thick auburn hair came down below her shoulders. Like his hair, it never did exactly what it was supposed to. Even when she tightened the bun, a piece would fall out onto her forehead. When she was nervous, she would play with her hair, twisting it absentmindedly between her thumb and forefinger. Having graduated from 8th grade, she could read and write and do math as well as her brothers. Michael knew how important it was for Mary to have a skill she could live on. He had seen too many women forced into prostitution because their husbands had died and they had no other way to support themselves. Michael was determined that his daughter would thrive with or without a husband. He was proud of the lady she was becoming. She stood straight and tall and when she spoke to someone, she looked him in the eyes. Despite the fact there was never enough money, she dressed nicely, and her clothes were always cleaned and pressed. Later, she had more boys around her than Michael was happy with, so he was pretty sure that getting a man would not be a problem. What Michael found slightly amusing was that even when Mary rejected them, they remained her friend. Her laughter and gaiety made them, those around her feel good. I do hope some day that you will find a man who will love and care for you. That doesn't mean you shouldn't have a skill of your own. If you're interested, you can go with Aunt Patricia and talk to Sister Frances about it. But who will take care of the cooking and cleaning around here? I can take care of myself. I'm not completely helpless, you know. I've had some of your cooking, Father, and am not sure about that, Mary said with a laugh. Looking slightly hurt, Michael said, Come on, it wasn't that bad. Don't worry about that, Mira. We can handle it together, Aunt Patricia said.